0: When you was a child and your parents had to pay rent or mortgage, you knew nothing about it. You just knew that something like that was just over your head. Then when you became a teenager, you knew it took certain maneuvers and a lot of money in order to own a house. I am here to say that we need to wipe away that stigma and replace that with the correct knowledge. That is the main tool when real estate investing knowledge. Your child could be on their way to owning their own house much earlier than you did. And if they want, they could own multiple houses. Now, through the decades, real estate has made a lot of people financially free or millionaires. So tell me this, why can't your child have that option available to them? This is the question we'll answer today and learn strategies that your child can implement in order to own their first house or houses. My guest today, Dan Sheeks, is going to help us answer these questions and help us unpack this for all the parents listening. Now, Dan is a high school teacher who has been teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and marketing for a couple of decades now. But one of his passions that he does with his wife is real estate investing. Whether it's multifamily, single family, or Airbnb, Dan does it. He also has a Sheik's Freak group that helps specifically teenagers get involved in real estate and make correct and intelligent money decisions. You know, I'm excited for just that part alone. Enough is enough. Let's get into this in...
1: Come on, Dad, stop playing
2: around and play the music.
0: Sheesh, tough crowd.
1: Have you ever wondered why some people seem to have it all financially? Do well-off parents simply hand their children money? Or is there more to this wealth then? Welcome to Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. We are here to talk about everything you never knew to teach your children when it comes to starting their financial future. The principles behind wealth and methods that are out there to teach your child about personal financial freedom. There is no real trick to earning other than learning. We are here to discuss, teach, and grow with you. Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast with your host and concerned parent, Eric Yard. Let us get right into today's show.
0: Welcome, everyone, to another show of Raising Financial Freedom. Today, I would like to welcome Dan Sheeks. (laughs) Dan, welcome.
2: All right, Eric. Thanks for having me. Not a
0: problem, Dan. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Thanks. Just living the dream and um, enjoying the weekend. I hear you. I definitely hear you on that note. Dan. I got you on the show today because I want the parents to try to be a little bit more diligent when it comes to financial literacy and especially when it comes to the asset class of real estate. Now, in your opinion, why do you think that the school system don't have an in-depth classes in personal finance on a regular basis? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, we could uh, we could do a whole episode <laughs> on that alone, Eric, but I will keep it brief. First, I'll say, I think it's a huge disservice to our youth that we don't have more a personal finance education in our schools. But, but the fact is we don't. The reasons why, and this is coming from somebody I've taught in public schools for 19 years. I've taught business classes, including personal finance, and I've been advocating for personal finance education for a number of years now, trying to get my own school and my own school district to make a personal finance class, a requirement for graduation to, with no success, I've hit brick walls more than once with that proposal. And when I think about it, there's not just one reason why it's not happening. There's more than one reason. And I'll I'll list a few in no particular order. Mm -hmm. One is money. And that might be the biggest one. Our public school system, our public education system is severely underfunded across the country. I think everyone knows that. And so changing anything that's going to require more is going to also require more money. And school districts and schools just don't have the money. Second is politics. The people who make the decisions tend to favor decisions that show up in data. And right now in our school systems, your core subjects, math, science, reading, social studies, writing. Those are the topics that are tested. And so those are the topics that show up in data. Personal finance doesn't fit in there. And so the people who make the decisions who want to get reelected, they focus on the data and that's not personal finance. Another reason is the systemic problem is that All of the generations didn't have this education in schools. So the decision makers who are by and large successful, they have, they're highly educated. They have good jobs. They didn't have personal finance education when they were young in high school. And they look at their life and they say, I turned out okay. So personal finance education must really not be that important because look at me, I did okay. And so they think if I didn't need it and I'm still successful, then it's really not that doesn't need to be required. And then the last reason I think is because the decision makers, if they were to implement a policy that said personal finance would be a requirement, that's just going to add more work to their plate. And I'm talking about superintendents and school principals, and they are already overworked as our teachers. And so you add all that up and it's
0: a really tough road to hoe. I see. I feel that education is a place where... As time goes by, it needs to upgrade. And I foresee if you implement personal finance uh, economics on a regular basis, on a daily basis, it will surely change the landscape of the financial world as we see it. But I don't think the powers to be want that to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, I would
2: not disagree with you. Uh, There are definitely a lot of people who feel that the system keeps certain it keeps youth down for lack of a better term, keeping them financially illiterate on purpose so that government and those in power can have control over them i don 't know
0: that I subscribe to that theory, but i'm not going to disagree so with it. in your mind, what kind of world you would can you picture it would be if the regular child was starting from elementary was giving A financial class from every grade until eight till they graduate high school and those lessons advance as they go on wow so your question is what would our Mm -hmm. world be like if that happened
2: yeah yeah it our world would look a lot different and i think it would look different in very good ways when you look at things like Well, when you look at financial illiteracy, which is exactly what our country is, we are a financially illiterate country. And I should just speak to the United States. I I don't really know what goes on in other countries and what effect the financial education system has outside of the U.S. So I can speak to the U.S. And I would say that if every student had, as you propose, and I would agree with you 100 percent, continuing education let's say K through 12 about money and finance that built that was building and building until they left the school system. If that was true, our country would look amazingly different. When you look at things, the consequences of our country being financially illiterate, if you could just flip a switch and our country was financially literate, many of our societal challenges would lessen, if not extremely, extremely decreased. So if you look at things like unemployment, government assistance that's needed, if you look at things like theft and crime, that goes down. Divorce goes down. Domestic violence goes down. Depression goes down. Suicide goes down. Bankruptcies go Mm -hmm. down.
0: The list Mm -hmm. goes on and on. So if we were a financially literate country, we would be in a lot better place. Wow. Yeah. You touched a lot of topics right there. And yeah, that's a whole show in itself. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I don't think people see that as the overall big picture, but that's just how I we here at Raising Financial Freedom look at it. So your specialty is in as an asset class is real estate. Why is that?
2: Uh yeah. So my wife and I have chosen real estate as our main investing tool for a few reasons, but the two main ones are real estate produces it increases your net worth in more than one or two ways. There's actually four ways that real estate increases net worth over time. And two, it's an asset that you can pass on to your heirs to create generational wealth that has so many different tax advantages that it's just, it's nuts. It's a no brainer. It's the best way to pass on wealth to your
0: children or your heirs. On that note, how can the parent, whether financially literate, or not can uh, teach their child about it. Yeah, it all comes down
2: to knowledge. If the parent doesn't have knowledge on real estate investing, they have two options. Either one, they can learn and then teach their child. Nothing wrong with that. Or they can just send their child to the resources that are out there so that they can learn about real estate investing on their own and then maybe the child
0: teaches the parent. Okay. When I think about real estate now, I think about passive income, those words come up. What is the definition of the passive income to you? And can you let us know some examples of it within the realm of real estate?
2: Definitely. Yeah. Real estate and passive income are definitely connected. Real estate investing is one way to make passive income, which is one of the keys to achieving financial independence. So I mentioned earlier, there's four ways that real estate increases your net worth. And passive income is one of those, which for real estate, we also call it cash flow. And so if I gave you a specific example, let's say I had a house, a three-bedroom house that I didn't live in. I bought it as an investment property and it brought in $1,000 of rent every month. And all of the expenses totaled $700 a month. Every month, I'm making $300 of positive mm-hmm. cash flow. That's mm-hmm. passive income. And it's passive income because every moment of every day, I'm making money, whether I'm sleeping, out on a bike ride, working my other job, or possibly working on that property. But
0: I'm making money in my sleep right, all day long. Yep. So let's talk about house hacking and the Burr method. I had a show earlier this year. Oh, I would say no last year. Maybe it was last year. But I spoke to a, a military person where he was implementing house hacking and it was very good for um, military people to use that method because they can apply for a VA loan where they don't have to put down a down payment towards a living, a dwelling or a multi-unit. Tell me, for you, tell me what is house hacking and how the Burr method could help accomplish that also.
2: Sure, yeah, there's... Those two strategies you're talking about, they're they're very different, but they can be combined. So I'll start with house hacking. There, there's a few different ways to house hack, but I feel my opinion that house hacking is by far the best strategy to start real estate investing for, for young people or really for anyone. My wife and I house hack right now. We're in our 40s and we have a son. There's just a lot of different ways to do it. But basically what you're doing is you're renting out part of your property while you live in it. And you're using that rental income to help pay your expenses, including mortgage and electric bill and lawn care, perhaps. And it just helps you pay your bills. And if you do it, there are ways to do it. You can live in that property for free, even though it is your your Mm -hmm. primary residence. So you mentioned like a VA loan for military. I work with a young guy who's in the Marines. He's 19. When I met him, he didn't own any real estate and he has bought a house hacking property, a, a house that has five bedrooms and he rents out four of them and he's living there for free. And he has all the other advantages to real estate investing. And it is, like I said, by far the best way to get started in real estate. I'll put a quick plug in for a book that I think is uh, super helpful for this topic. And that is a book called The House Hacking Strategy written by Craig Kerlop. So for someone who's looking to learn about that strategy, I'd recommend that book. But there's different podcasts and blogs that specialize on house hacking as well. And so if you switch gears here and you go to the Burr method, which is BRR, and that stands for Buy, Rehab, Rent, refinance, repeat. That's also a method my wife and I used have used on some properties. The idea there is that you, you buy a property that needs a ton of work. You rehab the property so that it's, it's a nice rental property. You rent it to somebody, they're starting to pay you rental income. You go to the bank and you refinance that property. And since you've fixed it up, it will hopefully should be worth more than mm-hmm. what you want it for. So when you refinance, you can pull some, or even sometimes all of the money that you've put into it—the renovation costs, and perhaps even some or all of your down payment—you get that money back. You now have a mortgage on the house, and then you can repeat because you have your money to to use over again. So if you're going to combine the Burr method and house hacking, which is doable, you would have that person buy a house that would be a primary residence, but it's going to be uh, a, a big time fixer upper. And then you would fix it up. And then the renting stage would be, you're still going to live in it, possibly in one of the rooms mm-hmm. or in one of the units, rent out the other rooms or units to some tenants, get that income coming
0: in and finish the process. So refinance it and repeat. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know how sweet, That sounds to parents, but when you laid it out right there, that sounds so sweet because you could take it even another level for military people who don't have to put a down payment down. Picture you don't have to put down no down payment and you're just paying your closing costs and now you got the property. Now you apply the burn method. Now you have money to use someplace else to reinvest
2: yeah, I would agree with you, but I want to make sure your listeners know that if you're not in the military, it's still a great deal. <clears throat> if you're buying a primary residence, a military member can have a VA loan with 0% mm-hmm. down. But if you're buying a primary residence and you're not in the military, you can buy a property with 3 or 5% mm-hmm. down because it is a primary residence. And if you're talking about, we'll just keep the numbers easy. If you're talking about a $100,000 house and you have to put 5% down... $5,000 is not really that much money to put as a down payment on right. a property. You do have to come up with the money to rehab the property if you're doing the burr. But yeah, even if you're not in the military, these methods we're talking about, they are highly recommended.
0: And, and that's the key right there. Primary residence. Make it your place to live in at the same time.
2: Yes. So for the house hack, you have to live there for a year or at least plan to live there for a year. The Burr method, if you did it by itself, it doesn't have to be a primary residence, but
0: if you're combining them, yeah, you need to live there for a year. So how can a parent now, something like this could be intimidating for a parent or for a young adult. How can a parent help pull the veil away from that, buying that piece of real estate? For themselves or or. for
2: their child. Yeah, (laughs) so real estate, I would say finance, investing, everything in general, can be a really, those can be intimidating topics and they can seem really complicated, but the truth is they're not. I think a lot of people want to make real estate investing and finance and personal finance complicated because they make money when people are intimidated or think they're not, that they're not smart enough to do it. But really all these subjects are not that complicated. Real estate investing is included. If you wanted to do a Burr method, whether you're the parent or the young person. There's a great book out there called Burr, B-R-R-R-R, written by David Green. Read one book and you should be good to go. And I mentioned the House Hacking Strategy book before either. You don't really need to spend years and years or even months and months learning these strategies. They're not that complicated. They do take work. They do take some sacrifice at times. You're going to be doing, you might be painting walls when you'd rather be out Right. having fun with your friends or right. going to the movies. So that's why not everyone does it. But in the long run, it's a, it's just an
0: investment in yourself. Yep, that is correct. That is a definite investment in yourself because once you get that first property, that multi under your belt and you do it again, then you do it again. Before you know it, you have three and four and what, in your 30s? I would say. I think, so I mentioned earlier, this
2: uh, young guy I work with, he's 19 in the military. He's looking to buy a Mm. second property Mm. before he turns 20. And I I have a lot of blog posts and articles out there about how, because my passion is working with teenagers. That's why I'm a high school teacher. And uh, yeah, you can own multiple properties by the time you're 22,
0: 23, Mm. 24. Mm. Man. If I was able to do that when I was that age, <laughs> I would have a whole different outlook on certain things. I think I would have. Absolutely, I think it just takes a different mindset.
2: I would agree with that. to To use real estate investing as a tool for financial independence, it's not for everybody. Like I said, there's some sacrifice involved in a certain mindset that that will get you there. But the good thing is that mindset is not specific to any certain gender or Mm -hmm. ethnic group or income level. I've met young people from all
0: walks of life that have this mindset to grow their wealth Mm -hmm. very quickly. And I think that stems back to what we started off talking about is the financial literacy, knowing your options, knowing that this option is there and that you're capable of doing that at that age or whenever it's key yeah it's so important so dan what is the sheik's freak group
2: yeah that's the sheik's freaks uh is a community it's an online community i created a couple years ago and it's taken off so it's the members in the community are anywhere from about 14 15 all the way up to about 25 years old they're from all across the united states people I've connected with here and there and, and everywhere, but they all have early, early financial independence as a goal. And for those who aren't familiar with that financial independence just means you don't have to work anymore. Early financial independence means you're getting there decades before your average American pathway, which is 65 reaching financial independence in your forties, thirties, or even twenties is absolutely doable with the right strategies and tactics and mindset. And so this community is for young people who are striving for that early financial independence, who are interested in all different types of topics. So real estate investing, side hustles, earning extra income, passive income, frugality, investing, mindset. So the young people who are all in on those types of topics, they fit into this group. And once they're around others, who are like-minded and of the same age it's like watching wildfire it just grows and multiplies and it's, it's been whatever
0: success them. have you seen in your group besides the one guy that who already has two properties underneath his belt at a young age? Well,
2: yeah we've seen a, a number of young people buy their first property rental property before age 21 before age 20 all of them house hacking we've seen guys start successful podcasts. I shouldn't say guys, there's boys and girls in the group. We've seen them start successful social media accounts where they're building a personal brand. I just talked to a a guy, Leo yesterday, who had a TikTok video that he put out there go viral and it's got like 10 million views on TikTok. Entrepreneurship, these young people are building side hustles that run the gamut, like all these amazing different strategies and they're making extra money while they're in school or while they're maybe just graduated out of high school and they're exercising frugality in a way that they're still enjoying life, but they're only spending money on things they mm-hmm. value and they're just saving money like crazy. Forty, fifty, sixty percent of their income is reinvested into their future so that they can reach that early financial
0: independence. Mm-hmm. Pitch and that once again, that stems back to the financial landscape that we talk about. Picture that group <laughs> Getting even larger and becoming majority of the United States. I mean, it will change everything, and I think that's the problem right there. With your group, you've opened up options for the young, as opposed to the options that that the group that a, a normal child would not know of, just going through the school system normally.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and the Chic Streets group is about presenting options. Just like you said, Eric, I I never tell anyone what they should do. I just present other information, present other strategies, present other options and opportunities, but it's always the individual's choice because our group focuses on early financial independence, but that's not to say that working a job until you're 65 is wrong. It's a very noble way to live and it's worked for millions of people. There's nothing wrong with that, but how much more powerful are you when you know that there is A different option or or other options. And then you get to choose what you think fits best
0: for your life. What hidden pitfalls with real estate that prevents young adults from succeeding? The number one roadblock for young people
2: to get into real estate is the income history. You really need four things to invest in real estate. You need the knowledge, which again, it's not that complicated. Some books, some podcasts, maybe some YouTube videos enough Another thing you need is a good credit score, which again, is not complicated. And if you start billing credit on your 18th birthday, or even before, if your parents let you have an authorized credit card, you'll have a credit score. That's good enough to buy property. By the time you're 20, you also need some money saved up for that small down payment or in closing costs and some initial rehab. But the fourth thing you need is that income history. Pretty much everybody's going to need to borrow money to buy that first property and a lender isn't going to give money to somebody unless they know they can make their payments and so teenagers and college students have a hard time showing the lender that they have an income history that will allow them to make those payments on time every month the the one workaround that works best is to have usually parents but someone else co-sign on the mortgage parents knowing full well that the young person is going to make the payments themselves. But the lender feels more assured that if the young person doesn't, they can go after the parents. So it's a big decision. The parents need to be aware of what they're getting into. If you're a young person and you don't have a co-signer, you just can't find it. There's some other options, but worst case, you just got to get a job for a couple of years that makes a decent wage. And then you can buy a property at, at the end of two years.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Food for thought there. Definitely. I, I I didn't think about, about it that way. The parent getting involved and... Because most parents, some parents don't want to get involved. But if it's an investment property, not a single home, that's another story now. So, yeah, that's food for thought, definitely. Dan, what is the best piece of advice you can give a parent to get their child involved in real estate?
2: The best piece of advice for parents to get their child involved in real estate, if we're talking about, say, teenagers, 15 to 20, somewhere in there, they pay attention to things like Instagram. TikTok, YouTube. So meet them on their playing field and show them some great YouTube channels that are about real estate investing. Show them some great podcasts or some great social media accounts that are about real estate investing to pique their interest, to show them that what what is possible. And whether you understand it yourself or not as a parent, why not learn right along with them? Make make it make it a, a Quote unquote" class that you both mm-hmm. are taking
0: together. Yep. Yep. I'm always for that. Definitely learning together. So Dan, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us and getting us more familiar with real estate. Can you let us know exactly what you got going on in the future and how can we get in contact with you in order to continue this conversation?
2: Definitely. To get in contact with me, please reach out a I'm on Instagram, D Sheeks. You can DM me there or send me an email, which would be Dan at sheeksfreaks.com. Sheeks Freaks is my last name: S H E K S, and then F R E A K S. My website, sheeksfreaks.com, is a great place to send some young people. There's they're great, great blog articles, videos, book um, recommendations, and. Our online community is going to, we're switching platforms. So right around October of 2021, this year, we'll be launching a new platform and specifically for young people who are interested in real estate and early financial independence. And that will, that'll be, all the information will be on the website.
0: All right. Any other projects you may have going on? Yeah, I have a,
2: a book coming out, which is going to be published by Bigger Pockets. It'll be released in no late November of twenty twenty-one. The book is called First to a Million. And the subtitle is A Teenager's Guide to Achieving Early Financial Freedom. So it's it just really sums it up everything we just talked about. So if you have a a young person in your life, a teenager who you think would be interested in this type of stuff. I think November 23rd is the day that it'll be available on BiggerPockets.com. Maybe get them that book as a holiday gift How to about their that?
0: life. How about that? I like it. I like the title too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan. Once again, thank you for coming on the show, and we will definitely look out for that book.
2: Appreciate it so much, Eric. Keep doing what you're doing. We're all fighting the same, same good fight, just trying to Increase financial literacy, especially with our young people. So I appreciate what you do as well. Thank you, Dan.
0: I love exposing options that our children have today that we never knew that we had before. I say it one more time, I love exposing options that will make my child and your children much better financially when they grow up. I want to thank Dan one more time for coming on and sharing with us Hopefully I could get him back on the show in order to share some more nuggets or more information on real estate investing for our children. Now, what I've taken out of our conversation is don't assume something is overly complicated on just the basis of assumption. Find out, dig deep and learn about it. Also, make sure your child or children know about their options all of them, expose them to as much options as you can. I know for a fact, many of us would have done things a lot different or a little bit different if we knew all the options that we had available to us. I don't want to go, but I have to go. Too busy making the next episode. But there is one thing I would like you to do for me is to share with other parents. Let this knowledge spread out like wildfire. Sharing with other parents helps me out and it helps out all of your other friends who are parents out there. Watch out for our Twitter feed where we're going to start asking questions of the parents on the topic that we are going to be talking about next. So we'll ask a question on a certain topic and you will get to post your question you would like to hear. This will only be on our Twitter feed. So until next time, stay safe.
1: We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. Stay connected with us directly through RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. You can also join the discussion on social media, which you can also find links on our website. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through info at RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time. Be kind to yourself and each other.